Hello guys, welcome back to another episode. I hope you guys are doing fantastic today. We're talking about the Samsung Galaxy A34. And so this is another mid-range phone. This one sits right below the A42 or A43. Um, and you have the A54, which we'll talk about in another episode. And I can't wait to talk about that one because that one is actually a really good phone. Once again, you know, I, I'm big fan of the a50 series from samsung that's like the nice balance that they struck in terms of a mid-range phone with a lot of great specs now let's get into this a34 all right so let's start at the price so this is coming in at just over 300 dollars so 307 bucks or 305 you know it varies it's gonna vary with these kinds of phones because you always have carrier deals you have like little uh offers from amazon sometimes even on ebay you can find something so when it comes to these budget mid-range phones there's the price is gonna vary literally everywhere because um you have so much variety and so many places where you can get this phone from even samsung themselves and even they sometimes offer uh certain offers and special discounts and whatnot so let's start it with let's get started with the a34 anywhere from 250 dollars to maybe even 350 if someone's charging a little bit too much um let's talk about it let's see what you get for your money so this was released march 14th so it has been a little bit over half a month or under half a month since its announcement but it was released only march 24th so that's like almost a week ago so we're talking about it relatively recently now we're talking about build quality this is glass on the front they're using gorilla glass 5 and they have a plastic frame plastic back the same build quality you would expect an android phone from this kind of price point to have um i feel like most phones always have a plastic back and plastic frame there are some occasional ones that do offer like a aluminum side but still a plastic back or a glass side but a plastic frame um, it's never really premium materials all the way around, but there is some here. Now, we do have a rating of IP67, water and dust resistance, up to 1 meter for 30 minutes. So, nothing revolutionary there, but it is nice to have. Moving on to the display, we do have a Super AMOLED 120Hz display. It is 6.6 .6 inches, so that's very near uh, the s22 ultra but the closer one might be the s22 plus coming at 6.5 inches uh so the s23 plus is definitely going to be very similar size to this one but maybe slightly smaller considering that samsung has kind of shrunk the form factor of their flagship phones like they made them with the same screen size but just the body itself is smaller so it's very interesting um we do have a resolution of 1080p by 2340, same thing we've seen across the lineup, basically, from the very, almost, almost very affordable, like $200 Samsung phones, all the way up to the $1,000 phones from Samsung. Uh, you don't really get too much of a difference in terms of display resolution, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, the Ultra is really the only one that has the Quad HD display, and that phone cost 
$1,300. So yeah, it's not, it's not cheap. So that's the only one that really has that. Moving on, we do have Android 13 with One UI 5.1, which is the latest and greatest software. And it is running on the MediaTek Density 1080, which is the 6 nanometer chipset, meaning it should be not slow. And by that, I mean that it should be fine. For everyday things, it should not really have a problem. I mean, it has a decent chipset, and we'll talk later about the RAM. Uh, but this is, I would say, a very decent chipset for what this is. You're paying $300. I feel like the performance is going to be there about average. It's going to be okay. You're not going to have too much of a problem with this uh, chipset. And we also have the GPU, which is a Mali G... Well, actually, no. Mali G68. I don't think I've heard of that one. Anyway. Um, gaming should be good, I'd say. Most of the time, $300 phones struggle with games, specifically heavy games. I remember one of them was... Uh, I think it was a racing game. It was... It was Asphalt 9. There we go. Asphalt 9, it tends to struggle with there. You know, there's a few hiccups here and there. So it's not going to be the smoothest performance out of this phone because it is, again, a budget phone, $300. Um, it's just going to work well for surfing the web, you know, social media, and things like that. But it will not do so brilliantly in games and those kind of high-intensity things. Now, moving on to the memory, we do have micro SD card expansion which is nice to see in the world of cloud storage. And we do have 128 gigabytes of internal storage with six gigs of RAM. And we do have 128 paired with eight gigs of RAM for the mid version. And then the highest end configuration is 256 with eight gigs of RAM. I would say for most people, the base model will be just fine, uh, especially since you have expansion uh, with storage, and you can always just pop a SD card in there and expand your storage. Another 128, 256, 512 gigabytes of storage. So you're chilling if you choose the base model. Now, if you want a little bit more RAM, you could go with the second option, which still has that 128 gigs of storage, but it has 8 gigs of RAM. So you will get a little bit better performance out of that one. Uh, but even 6 is just, uh, I would say it's pretty good. I had 6 gigs on my A52 5G, or A52, and that one worked just fine. It played games very well, and even though it did struggle from time to time, uh, it wasn't a big deal. It was very minor hiccups, but I would say that's like the best performance I think I've seen on a budget-slash-mid-range phone. Now... We do have, oh, moving on to the cameras, we do have a 48 megapixel primary sensor. And this is supported with optical image stabilization. And you do have an 8 megapixel ultra wide lens and a 5 megapixel macro lens. You already know that macro lens is dead to us. Um, it's it's only fun for the gimmicks, really, because I... I I had a macro lens on my A52, and I used it once, probably a couple times during the first week or so, and then 
for the next two years or year and a half or something like that, I never use it again. So it's there as a gimmick. It's to say that it has three cameras when in reality you're only going to be using two of them, which is that primary sensor and that ultra wide lens. So I would say two cameras is better than one. So you do have that versatility. Again, no telephoto lens, no zooming like you do have on the flagship phones, but it is what it is. Um, usually these these cameras produce very oversaturated photos, but in my opinion, it's not that big of a deal. Like I personally liked it because it was a lot more vibrant. Um, it just looked more life giving to the actual photo you know on the iphone it tends to be like very doled out colors very realistic sometimes a little too realistic sometimes and then that's why i like uh, samsung pictures specifically because even though it on occasion they do oversaturate it especially mid-range phones or older flagship phones they oversaturate photos to the point where it looks completely different in person uh and so you end up having that like huge difference and I'm just like okay well sometimes it is too much but very rarely do I ever find myself retaking a picture because it looks oversaturated no I like how that looks it's a, it's a colorful and so I would post those on Instagram and they would be highly praised and it's because people tend to like colors that pop you know that that's in our nature um and so those look excellent honestly if you take a photo and I mean, I took a bunch of photos with my A52 and A51, and they look great. They honestly look amazing. Like, if you're going to be a little bit snobby about it, you know, when you have, like, people who know photography and things like that, they're going to rip those cameras apart. But the truth is, to the average person, um, they are great sets of cameras. They do produce some pretty nice images. The videos, okay, I can give them that one. They're They're not great, but they are... They're, they're acceptable. You're going to be fine looking at those videos. They're not going to be great, but they are going to be good enough. Uh, but photos, again, I can personally back them up. I personally like them a lot. Uh, the saturation for me is on point. You know, it just it just works for the camera. And I think a lot of people like the images that come out of these phones. Subconsciously, if you put them in a blind test, you're going to notice that people are attracted more to the colorful photos and not to the dull looking dead ones so uh, personally for me i like these uh in the words of critics oversaturated um cameras so i'm just like all right whatever i personally like it but i see how that could be an issue to some people because i have experienced that oversaturation anyway moving on uh, we do have video recording 4K at 30 frames per second, 1080p at 30 and 60. And for the selfie camera, we do have a 13 megapixel wide sensor and 4K recording at 30 frames per second and 1080p at 30 as well. So moving on to the sound, we do have stereo speakers on board, which is nice to see. That was introduced, I believe, with the A52... 5g or the a53 i can't remember um so you do have a really nice uh setup there and it's not as good as their higher end phones obviously but the fact that you have a sound coming out of that speaker phone or the ear speaker thing is really nice uh because it really adds to the depth of the sound and 
I mean, it's great. Personally, as long as it has it, I'm chilling. You know, I, I, I mean, the iPhones is really good. Like, it's really good. Samsung's is great. Not as good as the as the iPhone because the iPhone makes you feel like you're in like a 3D sound room. Like it's really weird. It throws me off sometimes, but Samsung is still really good at it. Um, but their lower end phones, they're just a speaker. It's not like it's gonna create any kind of space around you in terms of audio. But it is nice to have because it makes makes the whole experience a little bit fuller. You know, you're hearing from both ears. And so sound needs to come out of two sides of the speaker or two sides of the phone, which is great. Now, moving on, we do not have a headphone jack, unfortunately. I don't know why they axed it. I kind of wish that they would have kept it, but I mean, we're not in charge of it, but we can always protest. But again, at this point, I think it's far too late to really say anything because Samsung has like a lot of earbuds out. Apple has their AirPods out. Uh, OnePlus has their um, their earbuds as well. Google Pixel has their their Pixel Buds, whatever. Huawei, I think, also has their own set of earbuds as well. So everyone basically has a solution to the aux, and they're not going to put that uh, headphone jack back into the phone because it's just not. There's no money in that for them because as consumers, we're probably going to buy some three dollar headphones at a gas station and just plug it in because it works you know so they don't want that they want you to buy their galaxy buds and you know i'm i'm unfortunately i've i bought two i have a galaxy buds 2 and the galaxy buds 2 pro so um i fell victim to their scheme but it is what it is i have wired headphones and sony headphones but again they don't care they want to make money that's why you see so many people with airpods in their ear and they it's like they're glued inside their ear because they can't get them out because they're never out of their ear. Anyway, um, we do have Wi-Fi. We do have Bluetooth 5.3. We have GPS and all your normal stuff. We have NFC, which is great to see. I uh, did not mean to rhyme, but it is what it is. Uh, I would say NFC, very critical. I think that all phones should have that because it's very handy. You know, If you don't have cash, you can pay with your phone, and it, it, it works out. Now, for biometrics and security, we do have password, pin, pattern, lock, whatever you want to use. And you also have the ability to use face unlock, which is more for convenience than actual security, as we've said before. And fingerprint sensor, which is probably the most secure one that you could do on a Galaxy phone. Um, that one is going to be your fingerprint, so that is going to be a lot more secure. And, you know, Samsung's been doing this for years, so they kind of got it down. Um, it is different technology than they're using from their flagship. Their flagship is a lot more secure than their mid-range phones, but they still have that technology. They still know what they're doing. They're, it's in that area, basically. Um, moving on, you do have a 5,000 milliamp hour battery and considering how not power hungry this phone is, it should last all day, no problem. Maybe even two days if you're a light user. Honestly, I feel like it could last two days if you don't use your phone like me, which is around five to six hours of screen on time every day, which is not good, but we don't talk about our, we don't talk about my problems. Anyway, moving on, we do have 25 watt wired charging and that's basically it nothing more nothing less 
And that's what you get with these phones. You do have four color options, lime, graphite, violet, and silver. And what's great about this phone is that they are using that S23 looking back. So the back side of this looks like an S23. Exactly the same. The exact same design. So that's, in a way, that's a good thing for people who want to buy like a cheaper phone and not give off the fact that it's not an expensive phone, you know? Um... I mean, from the back, I would I would confuse this with any S23, except for the Ultra, because the Ultra is obviously a lot more boxy. But in terms of the S23, S23 Plus, from the, those two phones all the way down their lineup, they all look the same. And depending on what side of the spectrum you are, whether um, you buy the cheaper phones, you are loving this. But if you're buying the more expensive phones, you are hating this because you... Your phone looks exactly like a $300 phone when you paid 1000 for it. Kind of annoying, you know, for the higher-end buyers. I, I, I definitely would not like that. And But for the people who are buying these entry-level budget-slash-mid-range phones, they're going to be loving this because it looks like they bought a $1,000 phone. I personally don't know. I like that they kind of made one simultaneous kind of a design language but at the same time you insult the buyers that pay a lot more money and because it looks practically the same it's like when you pay $25,000 for a Honda Civic and then some supercar looks very similar and you you pay 250,000 for that car i would be mad i mean it's yeah anyway that's it for this video $300 great budget phone Next week, we'll be covering the A54, so stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys in the next one. Till then, peace.